All right. You have landed on the Barbecue Central Show, and for the first time in 12 years, this is not your host, Greg Rempe, coming from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Cleveland, Ohio. This is Steve Ray. I'll be your host, as Greg is with family and friends at his daughter's function tonight. I believe she's being graduated from high school. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Please stay with us right here on the Barbecue Central Show. I'm coming to you live from the studios on White Oak Mountain, high above Ottawa, Tennessee. You don't know where Tennessee is. Go down I-75. Get off at exit number 11, right before Chattanooga, I-75 South, and there you are. That is Ultawa, Tennessee. If you blink, you've missed Ultawa, Tennessee, and you'll be in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Got a great show lined up for you. First of all, thrilled to be here with you on the Barbecue Central Show. First time in 12 years, Greg Rempe has not been with you. And that's quite, I mean, quite, almost, almost Lou Gehrig-like, don't you think? Hey, our guest tonight, first segment, is going to be Tony Bunce from Lebanon, Ohio. Now, Tony is a, um, he's a unique guy. He's a, a competition barbecuer, but as of late, he has gone over to the steak side. And he has been competing in the American Steak Cook-Off Association, the Steak Cook-Off Association, and the KCBS National Grilling Association. He has participated in all three steak-sanctioned bodies. And he'll be with us tonight, and we'll be talking a little bit about that. We'll be comparing and contrasting the different contests that Tony has participated in it. We'll get into a little bit of his background in the barbecue competition realm as well. That's coming up at around 9.15 tonight. In our second segment from Chandler, Oklahoma, he's the owner of Butcher Barbecue Products, a pit master of Butcher Barbecue, and he just so happens to be the reigning world champion of the Jack Daniels Invitational Barbecue Event. A small event held just up the road from us here in Ottawa, in Lynchburg, Tennessee. And everybody, that is going to be David Bosca. And we cannot wait to talk with David. He's a friend of mine and a friend of the show, sponsor of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. We'll be reading his ads later in the program. Uh, David's a great guy. He's been around for a long time. Great competitor. Um, I have a little barbecue supply store here in Ottawa, Tennessee, and we carry his barbecue rubs exclusively. Uh, what makes David's product so great is he, it's a one-stop shop. He's got rubs. He's got uh, injections. He's got sauces. He's got the grilling oil. I, I can't even say new anymore. They've been around for so long. He's got the grilling oils, and uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about that, too. We'll talk about his uh, competition schedule and his... Um, Oh, his uh, change last year, he was really in the top, I think this last year at this time, he was in the top five of the KCBS standings, and um, I believe this year he's about 87th. 
So we'll talk a little bit about that. We may be he may be experiencing a Jack Daniels hangover, but we'll we'll check in with David about that. That's no problem. And in the second hour, we have uh, our monthly meeting of the barbecue. Central show embedded correspondence, which I am a part of. And, and let me tell you real quick why Greg chose me to be his first guest host in 12 years. I wish I could say it was because of my barbecue knowledge. I have a, a little bit of my competition background. I have a little bit, but the number one reason is I have the equipment. That's right. I do a show on Wednesday nights and Greg knows that I have the equipment and I said I would gladly fill in for him. So in case you're wondering, who is this guy? And how does he get that job? Now you know. I've got a computer and I've got the equipment. So get on board. You may be next. You may be next. He may, Greg may decide that you can take a day off every now and then. Anyway, getting back to the embedded correspondence. Myself, Doug Shiding from Texas. David Huff from Wintorn, Oklahoma will be with us. David is um, lucky to be here in all one piece. A tornado touched down just two and a half miles from his home this week. And in tornado talk, that's inches. And John Solberg from Michigan, the four of us will deal with a plethora of topics like Memorial Day events of yesterday, fake meat, the next big thing in barbecue, and our picks for the Barbecue Hall of Fame, which is coming up very, very soon. Now, tomorrow is a huge day in the barbecue world because tomorrow, right here on the Barbecue Central show, a special bulletin show will be on at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time right here on the Barbecue Central show Facebook page and on the Barbecue Central show YouTube channel. It's going to be Greg will be the host of the American Royal Staff of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And the three 2019 inductees will be announced live on that show tomorrow, right here on these airwaves, at 3 o'clock. So it's a special edition of the Barbecue Central Show at 3 o'clock, right here on the Barbecue Central Show Facebook page and on the YouTube channel. So you don't want to miss that. Share it. Tell, tell all your friends. And um, it's going to be a, a great show, and we'll find out who the uh, inductees were going to be. And in case you're wondering, if in case you missed last week's show when Greg spoke about the um, the uh, nominees, the nominees for you wouldn't believe the number of papers Greg has given me. You would think I was hosting the CBS nightly news. Here they are. Here they are. The American Royal Association impacting the future of agriculture scholarships education competition. Dateline, Kansas City, Missouri, May 24th, 2019. The America Royal is pleased to announce the Barbecue Hall of Fame 2019 top nine semifinalists from this year's nominees. And the nominees are, number one, John Big Daddy Bishop, right down the street in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Aaron Franklin of Austin, Texas. You may have heard of him. Meathead Goldwyn, our very own Meathead Goldwyn, who appears once a month right here on this show from Chicago. Michael Ray Higgins from Mesquite, Texas. James Lemons from Chicago, Illinois. 
C.B. Stubblefield from Lubbock, Texas and Austin, Texas. Wayne Monk from Lexington, North Carolina. Jim Quisenberry from Memphis, Tennessee. And Desiree Robinson from Memphis, Tennessee as well. And you can go to the American Royal um, website and you can see for yourself all of these names that are available to you. And that's who we will be picked out of. Well, that's who the three nominees will be picked from tomorrow. And in the second hour, the embedded correspondents, all of us, four of us, Steve Ray, Doug Scheiding, David Huff, and John Solberg, will give you our three picks each, who we think should go into the Hall of Fame. So it'll be good for discussion. And good for discussion among your peers. You can go get that list. Talk to your friends about it. And it's also a just a great, great discussion topic okay before we talk with uh, tony bunts let's talk about youtube a little bit okay now this is this is this is the deal on youtube the other day i was uh scouring the youtube channels i was looking for a a brisket video i, I love love doing briskets my it's my it's my favorite thing to do i love doing briskets and i'm always looking for more information so I went in and searched brisket recipe, and I was going through all the, I went through all the Malcolm, uh, how to barbecue right, the uh, the chef guy that's on there, all the all the biggies, you know, the ones with all the uh, all the viewers and all the uh, subscribers, and I'm looking through it, and I came across this one guy, and I can't recall his name, but it's not important. The video was 39 minutes long. Now you know as well as I do, if you're on YouTube, you're 39 minutes on YouTube is a long, long time. So I said, well, this this could be something. I, you know, I looked at Austin. I looked at uh, Aaron Franklin's YouTube videos on how to do brisket uh, from his PBS series. And just really interested. So I said, I'll give this guy a try. Folks, 39 minutes. 39 minutes of unwrapping a brisket from a cryovac package. I kid you not. I kid you not. 30 nine minute video taking a brisket out of the cryovac putting it on the counter and explaining to his viewers the different parts of a brisket now come on we we can do better than that we can do better than that 39 minutes on a youtube video is an eternity number one but 39 minutes on removing the brisket from cryovac I, I I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. It was boring. God, it was boring. It was so boring. It was, it was one of those things. It was so boring. I had to watch it just in case he did something that may have been, you know, exciting. 39 minutes. Never put it on the grill. Never took a knife to it. But he explained to everybody the different parts of a brisket. And last time I checked, there were two parts to a brisket. Maybe three if you count the big fatty thing between the point and the, and the uh, flat. Maybe. They call that, I think, the decal. And I learned that from David Bosco a long time ago. And he's one of those first-timer guys, and he was saying, now watch this, you may learn something. That'd be like me going on YouTube and saying, okay, I'm going to uh, slice up this brisket. And uh, I've never done it before. I'm a first-timer. But David Bosco, I want you to watch me because you may get some pointers from me opening up this cryvac and explaining to you what a brisket is. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, 
from now on, all the all the would-be YouTubers out there, try to be a little more conscious of the content that you put out there for people like myself, and for most of us, I'd say we're all we're all in the same boat. We're all we're all looking for the secret to something, and uh, maybe just maybe make it a little bit more interesting. Okay. We are going to go to the secret screen right now, and I am going to do this. I have to do this because number five didn't work. I'm going to have to do this. We're going to go behind the screen and do this. But first, we're going to do this. Are you signed up for the Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship? Registration is free, so sign up today at www.smokingwithsmithfield.com for all the details. Also, ready to find out where you rank against all competitive barbecue teams across the country? Visit smokingwithsmithfield.com. And check your rank on the Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship leaderboard. That's coming up later in the year down in New Orleans. The Smithfield Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship. Are you in or you're out? Go check and make sure that you're in because you know why they're watching you. That's right. All IBCA, KCBS. Florida, South Carolina, Mid-America. They're watching you and they're scoring you because they want you there. Stay with us. Just like magic. Just like magic. I'm going to get out of the way a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, from Lebanon, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, one Tony Bunch. Tony, welcome to the hey. Barbecue Central Show. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How are you? Doing really well. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for agreeing to come on. and Let's talk a little bit about steak. How about that? Sounds good to me. I could talk about barbecue steak all day. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. First of all, Tony, how in the world did you get involved in the barbecue arena? Well, uh, just like everyone else, just started cooking in the backyard. My parents got me a WSM smoker probably 10 years ago for Christmas and just kind of went from there. Uh, did some local catering events for some schools and things like that. Ended up doing a little street festival here in Lebanon called Third Friday. Did 200 pounds of meat on two WSMs with a broken ankle. I was sitting there thinking, what am I going to do with all this meat? 
because I didn't think I was, he was going to buy my food. Next thing you know, I had a line, you know, 30 people deep for two hours, and Bam. here we are. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did the same thing. You did 200 pounds on a Weber? Oh, yeah. I got very creative. It, multiple cooks. Yeah, I was going to say, you must have cooked for two days. More than <laughs> yeah, that, probably. We, you, can get, you can get real creative the way you fit the stack of butts and briskets on there, and then we did, did a second cook of a, a bunch of ribs and chicken, but... It was uh, it was a lot of food, and that uh, you know that's the uh, best judges in the world when you're when you're trying to sell barbecue. And you look at that line and it's just nonstop, isn't it? Oh yeah, sometimes you get a little frustrated when those uh, six judges at a barbecue or steak contest uh, give you those <laughs> yeah. uh, sixes or sevens. But as long as you can keep that line moving, that, you know that's that's all that matters. And, and the smiles on their faces and when they come back and, and t tell you about it, that's that's what it's all about. How, how can you not love my food? They loved it at the fair last weekend. <laughs> exactly. I won there. I won there. You, <laughs> you should have been there. It was great. Then, um, so then you, you start in the contest, I guess, right? Yeah. So, uh, shortly after, after that first event, ended up going to get in a food truck and, and did that, um, as a side gig, this is all a uh, hobby's gone wild for me. Yeah. But, uh, then that quickly turned into uh, KCBS competitions, and um, I've done close to a hundred of those. Um, wow! You know, Are you kidding? A hundred years back, I did twenty-six in one year. That uh, so that and that uh, kind of gets a little tiring traveling out that long. And I, I know a lot of those guys do, you know, 40, 40 a year, and I don't think I'm uh, cut out for that. So that's when I kind of started to do the steak thing. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You kind of transitioned into this uh, steak thing. What um. Uh, you know, I know what a lot of people, why it appeals to a lot of people is because of the the time and effort it takes. But um, is that what is that what drew you to it? Or was it um, you like one of those uh, uh, king of the cul-de-sac kind of guys when you're when you're cooking steak, you know, you know, mine's the best. And, uh, you know, woe be anybody that says different. Uh, there's always uh, more than one way to do things. So I, I don't ever think I'm going to say mine's better than uh all the other ones, because there's, you can have a lot of good food out there, but um, it started out, uh, so the American Competitive Steak Association is a newer sanctioning body, um, started okay. here in Ohio because there just weren't any SCA events, basically. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, a little bit cheaper for the event organizers to do, um, and there weren't any SCA reps in this area, so the big expense in this area was just getting the reps here uh, to do an event, so SCA kind of formed to help solve that problem. And uh, they do a lot of contests at the same on a Friday night at a KCBS event, so that's how I got hooked in, and then um, you know I just kept going from there. So you do you do the American Competitive Series, you do uh, the KCBS Series, N NG National Growing, yeah, NGS, NGS, yep. right, and the SCA. Um, I've done events in all three. So how do they are they so similar? or or well, let's back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. Why the, um, the you know the SCA is is the big gorilla in the room, yep. and and the one that as a matter of fact you're the uh, reigning team of the year of the American Competitive Series. Matter of fact, um, what what drew you other than oh gosh other than tiring of the barbecue scene of I guess of the the length of time. And you wanted to simplify it. What what brought you there? To did you just want to stay closer to home, or were you, uh, you know, or were you weren't happy with the SCA or the National Grilling's, uh, the National Grilling one from KCBS? So the the ACSA ones, uh, they just happened to be at a lot of the KCBS contests I was doing. So um, so I just kind of 
got hooked in there. And, and until recently, there were no SEA events anywhere close to me. I mean, probably yeah. six hours. Um, and these were already at events that I'm already doing for KCBS, or there, there were some that were, you know, within an hour or two hours. Um, and like you're saying, it's a steak event. It's one day, you show up with one grill, they give you the meat. Um, so it's it's a much more approachable uh, event than a, a KCBS event. So I think, especially for teams that are, a lot of people see these barbecue competitions on TV and they see the big trailers and they're super intimidating. A steak contest, anyone can do. They give you the meat, you just show up with any kind of grill or I've seen people do it just on a charcoal chimney. Um, so it's just it's just kind of a cool environment where it's more approachable than a, a KCBS contest or you, know, you got all the big rigs and everything. Now, Tony, we're talking with Tony Bunch from Lebanon, Ohio, a, a long-time barbecue competitor and uh, now a um, quite the uh, steak uh, cook-off advocate, you might say. What uh, what are you cooking on, Tony? I'm, I'm doing all these contests on a Traeger. Wow. Not a, not a PK. No. You see, you know, you, a lot of people assume that if you're cooking a steak competition, yeah. you're showing up with your – your PK and your B&B charcoal and your grill grates. Um, but I, I still have my grill grates, but I'm doing all, I've, I've done all these events on a, a Traeger. So that Traeger gets hot enough for you to, to, uh, get an award-winning steak. Yep. So I, I've done it both ways. I've done the reverse sear where you, you know, you, you cook that thing low for about an hour and then sear it off at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, and then towards the end of the season, what I switched to, uh, was I just take all the heat plates out of that Traeger. So they take the deflector plate out. I take the little, heat guard out of the center and I just put the grill grates right above that hot fire pot and I can get it, you know, five or 600 degrees and cook it, you know, similar to those guys on, on the PKS. So we, we were, um, a friend and I were discussing your, your methods earlier today and, um, we got it, we got into the, uh, discussion about the grill marks because I know it, it gets down to, uh, you know, it gets down to that sometimes. Um, you, I think, you had told my friend that in the um, American Competitive Series that everybody does the diamonds. Is that correct? Yep. It's uh, about 70 degrees, I think, is they yeah. say the magic angle. So if you do a 90 degree, you're going to end up with squares on your steak. And they, they want to see diamonds. Okay. So, all right. Now, now let's, let's, let's go to the, uh, the next obvious thing is the differences <laughs> in, the, in the different um, – sanctioning bodies let's go with um, the state cook-off association versus the american competitive series what are the what are the major differences or even the minor differences that matter to you so from a, from a cooking perspective the process is very similar you do the steak selection you get two steaks um you, you turn them in, in in your container with just the foil disc um, so on the judging side things are, are a little bit different um, so in the SCA, and I've, I've only done a few SCA events, so I'm not quite as familiar, but the way they do it, they have a half an hour turn-in window, so you have a much, you know, uh, you can turn it in all the way at the beginning or all the way at the end, and mm -hmm. you know, different people have different strategies on that. Um, and they ha normally have three tables of judges, so if, even if they have 60 teams there, they're only going to have three tables of judges. At a SCA or a uh, ACSA or even an NGS event, those are going to be more similar to KCBS judging where they've got judges of five or six judges at the table and, uh, you know, your meat's only going to get taste by, you know, if there's 25 teams there, there's going to be 25 judges to, to match that up. Um, so there is a difference there. Um, on the NGS, they're going to cut that steak in half 
um, and, and present it so you can see the doneness. Mm -hmm. um, and so those judges aren't necessarily going to see the whole top of the steak in an NGS event because they kind of cut it in half and then you use one piece to prop it against the other one so that you, you can see the, the tenderness or the doneness. Uh -huh. uh, so they might not be seeing all those grill marks that you work to get. And then in the NGS, they're also going to be able to sample from anywhere on the steak. In the ACSA, they're cutting just the spinalis, and they're getting those those pieces out of that. So you got to make sure that you pick a steak that's got a big enough one, because if they cut in five pieces and one of those is all fat, then one of those judges is not going to get a very accurate representation of your meat. So that that's what's always confused me about uh, the steak competition. Like in an SCA event, when they turn the steak in, tell what is the method that after you've turned it in in your box, what exactly what exactly happens to that steak between the time you turn it in and it goes to the judges? How do they cut it, and how do they present it, and how do how does the table of how many how many judges are at a SCA event? I'm, I, there's only three tables at an SCA event. I'm not positive how many judges there are. Um, it's been a while since I've done a SCA. Um, I think it's six, but I don't don't quote me on that because I'm okay. not. As, yeah, well, that's fine. Sure about that one. But uh, um, so they cut that steak in half, basically in the middle or um, a little bit towards the the cap or the spinalis. On the um, SCA they, event too, they cut it in half, right? Right. That way, you, that way the judges can see the doneness, and they they want you to be a medium. And at a SCA event, they have a card on the table that shows different doneness levels and mm -hmm. what the score should equate to. Um, it's, it's similar at uh, ACSA event. They cut it in half. Um, there's an actual cutter there that's going to cut that in half. They're going to judge the appearance and the doneness, and then they're going to take just the cap and cut that into the samples and give those to the judges. So is there? I mean. I mean, on a, on a, I've seen the size. Well, back up, back up, back up. When, when I see pictures on Facebook of people that they take pictures of the steak that they're turning in, it looks mm -hmm. it looks like it's, you know, you know, it's it's like barbecue has done to chicken thighs. Exactly. They're, yeah. They're weird. You know, you know, but it looks like a hamburger. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look like a steak. Perfect little disc. You know, yeah. Almost everyone's taking those steaks and they're cutting all the fat off the outside. They're using butcher's twine to. Get it into yeah. a, a perfect shape. I try to keep mine a little bit more. Um, I cut the tail off of the ribeye, mm -hmm. you know, that little piece at the bottom that's kind of connected by fat. But I try to when I, I do tie it, but I try to keep it at least oval shape so it's, it resembles a ribeye. Um, you know, so you see some of those that are you know, in little, like you said, perfect circles, like a, like a hamburger. So I, I try to keep mine more um, oval shaped. Um, but yeah, you're trying to get those diamond marks on there and. Well, oh, oh, that that that's what brings me back to that. You work so hard at getting the like an SCA. They're all they look like the end zone at the at the at Nayland Stadium here up in Knoxville. They're all checkerboard, and at yours they're all they're diamond. But if they're cutting the steak and have, do, do the judges look at the steak whole first? Like in you know in a barbecue contest, the the table captain you know shows the box to everybody. Is that what they do in steak too? So they can look at the um, the the total product before they cut it in half i'm not 100 percent sure on an sca event at an acsa event the answer is yes okay and at an ngs event it is no they definitely don't see it until after it is cut at an ngs event um well you know the the uh the, the you know the argument on the uh on the uh grill grate stripes flavor stripes whatever you call them is 
that only you know only the part of the steak that is on the grate gets the the great flavor. But if you sear it on a griddle type thing, the whole top of the steak gets the flavor. You, you see what I'm yeah. saying? And you yeah. don't have the great mark. So in an NGS event, a KCBS type, it seems to me that that the stripes wouldn't matter. Am, am I right or wrong? They're, they matter a lot less because in, also in an NGS event, they score just like a KCBS event. So you only have taste, tenderness, and appearance. Mm -hmm. There's not a separate category for doneness. So your doneness is factored into that appearance score as well. Now, what so, it, it, on the KCBS-sanctioned steak event, we're getting into alphabet um, alphabet <laughs> soup here. What um, what what? Uh, how do they judge the doneness, though? I mean, that's part of the appearance score. Okay, they're supposed to look at because the, they're seeing that sample cut. Okay, so they're they're judging that as part of the appearance. So, kind of going back to what you said, that kind of makes the grill marks a little less important because if you got per perfect doneness but your grill marks aren't perfect, that judge is still going to likely give you a pretty good. So they're looks so they're looking for medium as well. Correct. I I do turn mine in a little closer to medium rare than medium. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. It depends on how technical the, the judges are. Yeah. <laughs> they're sitting there. Well, well Tony the um the the advent of state competition is is booming. I know that there's a uh, there's a KCBS event here in Lafayette, Georgia, next weekend, and uh, on Friday night they're having a steak contest. I don't think it's a sanctioned event, but uh, I went to it last year and it was a it was a very fun event. They had a uh, a table of local dignitaries who were uh, judging steak, and I think they just judged it on, hey, this one tastes the best. Yeah. Uh, but in all types of, of of contest all over, especially in the South. Everybody seems to be doing a steak contest. Do you, is, can this thing on a national level get bigger than it is now? Because, you know, SCA is not only uh, nationwide now. It's, you know, it, they've had it overseas. And, and I'm sure that the American competition, the American competitive series in your state of Ohio is growing as well. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is um, it's so much more approachable. So, if you're someone in your backyard that wants to try to get a steak competition, it's low entry fee. You only have to show up with one piece of equipment, maybe a, a table, a tent, and mm -hmm. a grill. But really, as long as you have a grill, that's all you need. You know, you can cook a steak in 10 minutes or less. You know, people have other processes with marinating or not marinating. But the actual cooking process is, is pretty quick as opposed to a KCBS competition where if you've never done one of those before and you go to a competition and want to see what it's about you see these giant trailers that cost tens of thousands of dollars and people are cooking 200 dollars briskets and uh, i just think it's a lot easier to get into a state competition if you're someone in the backyard so i think there's a lot of a room and opportunity for that all right when when tony bunce heads to um um let's see what's a good city canton ohio for the <laughs> the national football hall of fame a steak competition What's uh what what's what's Tony Bunce packing in the uh, what kind of vehicle is he taking, and what's he taking with him? Now, it's funny you say that because there is an SCA event uh, just north of Canton in two weeks that I'm that I'm going to sign up for. Um, so I'm going to my have, homework. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a, a 
Traeger of some sort with me, either my uh, Pro 22 or I'm hoping to get a Ranger here soon. That's their little tabletop uh, grill. Yeah. Um, but uh, folding six foot table, uh, an easy up, and a, if they have power or not, a generator. So, and then I've got my toolbox, it's got my thermopan, my nitro gloves, and uh, my seasonings, which my, my steak recipe is pretty simple garlic salt and historic barbecue black seasoning. That's it. That's it. Now, what do you take yep. the generator for? What do you, what do you need power for? Because I've got the Traeger. I got it. Oh, that's that. right. That's right. I forgot. It's it's got to have electricity. Yeah. They don't they don't run off a little twelve volt. I've got a. They, don't they have probably a could. But I'm, volt I'm always in one of those over prepared type yeah. of guys. So I'm going to bring the the thirty amp generator with a full tank of gas just to <laughs> run the you know three well, those, amps of, of the Traeger. Well, those little Hondas are so quiet. They're, that would yeah. be that'd be smarter than bringing a jumper box for sure. When I know when I go to contests, when I do my uh, when I use my gurus, I run them off of um, uh, those jumper box batteries instead yep. of uh, depending on the uh, power at a contest because sometimes that power gets a little bit um, uh, sketchy sometimes if you know yep. what I mean. Especially overnight, you don't want yeah, them to yeah exactly right. So so you're you're traveling light. I mean you're you're just I mean you're boom you're you're set up, and you know what I like about that what you were just talking about is the cleanup afterwards. Oh yeah, that's it's so much easier. You have to my disposable cutting boards, you know, so that goes in. Yep. You know, there's not much I'm taking home to clean. Maybe a knife. That, that sounds like a it sounds like a great uh, a great hobby, Tony. And I think um, you know I really they're starting they're just now starting to get to uh, the southeastern United States as far as the Chattanooga, Ultua area where I live. I know they're I know they're getting uh, of course they're getting a lot more in Atlanta. Uh, Nashville, the bigger cities, but uh, I think more and more people are showing an interest in it in these smaller areas like I, where I live, and um, I, I really look to, um, I really, I'm really, I'm really anxious to to be able. To, I've never competed in one, a, a sanctioned one, but um, do at the, um, are there any um, any types of um, vessels that they prohibit in the um, American competitive series. Nope, it's whatever you can cook it on. Whatever you want, as long as you're, you know, don't have any foreign objects in there, um, or you know, make sure your string's not on your steak still, or yeah. no sauces. But it's you can cook on whatever you want, and as long as you turn in a steak and you're good to go. Have the sous vide people showed up at your contest? I've seen I've I've seen a few teams sous vide before. What do you think uh, about what yeah. do you think about that? You know, I, I think uh, the more open you are, the more people are going to try it and get out there. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, and I'm not sure. Um, I guess if they start winning, you're going to see a lot more people use <laughs> yeah. them. <laughs> and if the guy wins with a with a 28 foot motorhome, beware. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah, else, exactly. everybody else will have a SUV and a 28 foot motorhome. What? Um, yeah. uh, any? How about the uh, gas grills? A lot of those guys show up with gas. That's a. I don't think I've seen a gas grill out there yet. I've seen lots of Weber kettles, lots of PKs, a, a couple sous vides, a few people just using chimneys with a grate on top. Yeah, um, I've, I've seen. I've seen that. A pellet cooker like me, but I don't. I don't know if I've seen a gas grill out there yet. Well, you know the reason. The reason I say that is because you know most most people use gas grill throughout the week. Um, I know there's. Yep. I know there's purist people out there saying, "Oh, baloney," but uh, you know I, I'm. I'm not going to say I'm guilty, but uh, when I come home from work, I just don't want to start a charcoal fire, so I use my use my Weber gas grill. And uh, is, I don't know, you do you have a gas grill at your house? 
I, I just have the Traeger. It's just as easy to turn on as the okay. gas grill. Well, I'm with you. I'm not a purist. I'd rather someone cook on a grass grill than not cook at all. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That that that's a good thought, and it um, it still tastes good. I mean, you still get a great taste in steak on a gas grill. You know. It, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see people use like camping grills out there. I mean, yeah. Whoever's got a little tabletop grass grill, that would be perfect for it. And I was just thinking maybe the judges were used to tasting, you know, steaks made on a gas grill. It may be more, you know, it may, it's, it gets back to that argument where in a barbecue contest, should you use uh, all the designer sauces out there or should you just use Sweet Baby Ray's because 90% of the people that eat barbecue eat Sweet Baby Ray's. And they're, yeah, you know, they're I, used to that I, I taste. You, you see where my see where my theory is going? Uh, yeah, I know a lot of... Uh, KCBS guys that have scored pretty well at uh, using uh, Sweet Baby Ray's, and you always have those blind uh, sauce contests where people are turning in Open Pit and Casey Masterpiece and uh, Sweet Baby Ray's that are beating all the yeah they turn and <laughs> mix them up sauces. yeah that that's funny Tony thank you so much for being with us we gotta we gotta fly and get on to uh, some other guests but it was really nice of you to uh, hook up with the Barbecue Central show and especially. Uh, Especially with me, while I'm filling in for Greg, I know I'm not the uh, I'm not the major leagues. I'm still the B team, but it was nice nice of you to spend some time with us. I really appreciate that very much. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Well, that's good. I look forward to seeing you, and if maybe if um, down the road a ways, we may uh, run into each other at a uh, a steak cookoff. Sounds good to me. I'll see you there. All uh, right, you bet. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna hide behind that screen real quick. Then we're going to do this. Let's see here. Let me get to Tony. Let's hang up on him. All right. He's gone. And we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. I know this isn't as smooth as Mr. Rempy, but we're going to get through it. All right. Thank you, Tony Bunce. Lebanon, Ohio, the reigning American Competitive Steak Association Team of the Year. Hey, you got a you got a trigger? You got a uh, Rectech? You got a pellet smoker? Cooking pellets. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookingPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com and you can buy cooking pellets there. Doesn't void your warranty either. A lot of people think that. If you're if you're if the grill you're using says you got to use, make sure you buy Brand X. You don't have to. Cooking pellets. They've got all kinds at CookingPellets.com. And also coming up next, David Bosca. But before we go to David, let me tell you about this. Uh, this portion, his interview is going to be brought to you by himself, by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauce, and those great, great, great grilling oils. If you haven't had those grilling oils yet, go to butcherbarbecue.com and pick you up some. They are fantastic. One of the best sellers out of my little barbecue supply store is the Butcher Barbecue grilling oils. All of Butcher's barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide by the pitmaster of your neighborhood and be the pitmaster, rather, of your neighborhood and visit butcherbarbecue.com to stock up. 
We'll be right back. We're going to get David on Skype. And we'll be right back. So stay with us here on the Barbecue Central Show. Steve Ray filling in for Greg Rempe. Welcome back to the Barbecue Central Show. I'm Steve Ray filling in for Greg Rempe tonight with us now from Chandler, Oklahoma, the purveyor of Butcher Barbecue products, the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue, the reigning American, American World, the reign, he was second place last year at American World, but the reigning Jack Daniels World Championship Barbecue Champion, David Bosca. David, how are you? Hey, what do you say, Steve? I'm doing good. How you, man? Everything good in Chandler? I'm good. Yeah, it's dry right now for the time being. Did you um, did you guys dodge the storms out there? No, we've had some 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 lots of floods. We had floods up, oh, probably half mile from the house, quarter mile from the house. Um, it was a good five six foot deep. Good grief. Our house is a little bit high on the on the hill, and but uh. It's all good on our end, but, I mean, yeah, lots of floods right here where we're at. Well, we saw the, uh, of course, everybody saw the video on the news and everything, and uh, it's horrible. It's horrible out there. Tornadoes, wind, yeah, flooding, the Arkansas River just going crazy. But Yeah, lots of that going on. But we, let's, we, we digress. Butcher Barbecue. David, one thing. I like about your products and I sell them at my little barbecue supply store here in Ottawa, Tennessee. And you know, that is the one stop shop that you've set up over the years. Did you, when you started out, did you ever imagine that it would grow to this level? No, can't say I did. It was always wanting that one more item, always cooking and then trying to develop what we cook to where it'd be retail friendly. That's how all that has come about. Um, uh, my grilling oils, it was a basis off of a couple different things we used to do. Um, I'd flavor my butter. I would, I would capture the dripping grease from my brisket. I would do different things with it. Um, that's how the grilling oils all come out. Everything we use is the basis of what 
or everything we sell is a basis of what we've done in competitions or and then it morphed into okay can we make a living at it and then it just kept going and going and and then I did a little studying and I'm like okay I need to get retail friendly products and it just is is growing from that I've got probably four maybe five new items in the in the wings right now that we're we're working on um for the retail stores um so it's just we're always doing something there's no doubt about it and you know you always shoot for that one home run and Sometimes you'll take a whole bunch of base hits before you get to that one home run. But well, I'll tell you that one. You don't the, like them strikeouts, but I don't know if it's a home run for you, but it sure is a triple with us. Is the grilling addiction rub that you come out with? Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good one, David. That that stuff's that stuff's out of sight. And uh, share with uh, the audience here at the Barbecue Central show how important that um, grilling addiction was in your win at the Jack Daniels. Uh, it went on everything except for the, the chicken breast. And the reason it didn't go on the chicken breast is I forgot to put it on a chicken breast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, at, at, the, at our little our little store, we've got a uh, table set out. And it's got all the all your rubs on it. And it's got a, I've got them all in little containers. I've got, you know, spoons out there. So everybody, those little plastic spoons, everybody can just sit there as they come through. And you can sample each, each individual uh, rub. And um, nine times out of ten, when somebody finishes sampling all the rubs, you know where they go to. They go to the shelf and they get the grilling addiction. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, tell tell everyone what's in that stuff because it is so. I mean, folks, I, I'm I'm telling you right now, it's a force to be reckoned with in flavor, and you know, it, the flavor is what it's all about when you're cooking, uh, when you're cooking for friends, family, especially in your backyard. Oh yeah, yeah. There's 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 two different kinds of salt in it. Um, one we got real fine ground and everything, and then we've actually got a flake salt to where it just stays on the surface to where it hits your palate immediately. before the stuff that soaks in, we've got our HVP in it, um, which is our vegetable proteins that we use in our injections. It's actually in that too. Um, we've got some of our beef mm -hmm. flavoring. We've got pepper. We got lemon zest. We got, my gosh, we got all kinds of stuff in it. It's it's a full flavor product. You know what's balanced, so the balanced full flavor? Yeah, before before the grilling addiction it hit the hit the market hard. The uh, the honey rub was uh, was our big mm -hmm. seller uh, because that that goes on that goes on everything except I, I guess you could use it on beef, but it's not. I, I wouldn't prefer it on a brisket, but. Uh, on ribs, chicken, and um, on pork, it is. It, it's it's it, it it just makes the nicest looking uh, bark on a pork butt, and it gives the ribs that that copper, you know, it gives the ribs that copper penny um, uh, color that the judges are always seem to be looking for. What it, you know, what it, what it goes into the honey rub that uh, makes it so special. Uh, we it. it I, I'm, I'm going to say it's a little bit of everything that we do with every, every bit of our product. We're very adamant about what goes in it. We buy the same product that we bought when we started. And in that, it is our dried honey that's in it. That mm -hmm. We buy the very same dried honey that we've always bought. Um, 
if so i mean i'm just adamant about keeping the same product and, and it's that particular hunt, dried honey that gives it that really high-end honey flavor if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure it was the original honey rub out on the market um then i think since then there's been a lot of a lot of different variations of that one but i'm pretty sure this was the very first one uh go back to the i've heard i've heard you tell the story a couple times when you were starting um i guess when you were starting to think about marketing this and you were trying to get um different um people to try it tell the story about you and uh, dr barbecue switching and trading off uh rubs and information that that's an interesting story i don't think a lot of people have heard that oh yeah um I did a lot of classes for Cook Shack, um, have done a lot for them. New Ed Marn, um, which is commonly known as Fast Eddie. Mm -hmm. And I was working on my injections and I had, it's, it, my injections is a is basis of a lot of what we used to do in the meat shops um, for tumbling of meat and vacuum tumblers. And um, the father had a fab he was he was the only one really in the barbecue world that had an injection and mm -hmm. he had gotten at that point very very sick very very sick i did get to speak with him one time i never really got a chance to talk with him very much but i did speak with him one time and um anyway he his product was getting hard to get because of his sickness and and it was just really hard for him to keep up with his business yeah. And I was, I was, I was in the process of trying to get mine launched to get the right products and all that. And Ray, Ray, or Ed put me in touch with Ray and him and I just kind of befriended and everything. And I'd sent him product and he would cook with it or inject with it or do whatever he did with it mm -hmm. and would get back with me and say, now I said, you need to be this or need to be that. And he would work with me and I, I'm a meat guy and he says, well, what kind of instructions are you going to have on it? And I kind of just laid it out there. He's like, oh, good, Lance. No, because I was more, you take 25 pounds of, a, it's called a meat block, and then you do this. And and he, he helped me break it down, for lack yeah. of better words, for Joe Public. Um, with the way he wrote his recipe books and, and everything, he, he understood the right verbiage. And here I am, I'm trying to talk. Um, meat science and yeah. and bulk and, and all that he really opened my eyes and helped assist me in, in that and um in getting the very first the heck can I say instructions and product going our original brisket injection. He's he helped me develop that right there. That was the first one we did. Yeah. So that's where it all started was with the brisket injection. Yeah, the original brisket. Yep. Yeah. And um, I had the original port just real quick right after that. Mm -hmm. And that it was a year later I had introduced our prime dust. And we marketed that for, oh, a couple of years. And we'd telling people exactly how we mix it, how to mix it. And everybody kept saying, won't you pre-mix that for us? That way we ain't got to buy two different ones. Won't you mix that for me? And finally, I was like, well, all right, let's do that. So that's how our prime injection come up. Uh -huh. And we still sell the prime dust on its own because we still have a good amount of um, chili cooks that use it. Um, hamburger cookers use it in their hamburger meat. 
um, people have their own recipe of an injection. They still mix it up themselves. And oh yeah. A lot of teams, a lot of teams will still like the original and that mix it. Um, David, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the, the butter, the butter flavored, the, the, just the standard butter flavored mm -hmm. grilling oil on popcorn. I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. It, it's, it's, it's better than movie theater popcorn. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's we, what kind of robust flavor that all your products have. Well, thank you. Yeah. We, we, I've had people call me and tell or, or ask about the, the Chipotle cause they, they fry their, their eggs in it. Um, they just what they use in the mornings, and mm -hmm. so it, it does go beyond what we would traditionally think it should be used for. Um, I was talking with one of my son-in-laws this weekend. He was tasting one of my new products, and he had a completely 180 degree turn idea of how to use a new rub we're looking at. And I looked at him. I said, "That is brilliant. I never would have thought of that. What is just it? totally different." And oh, I'm like, what wow, is it? Can you, can you share that? About. Can you share that with us? No, I, I, I can't at this very moment. I wish I could. I, I just kind of was stopping it there, but it's, it's no, I can't do that yet. Well, that's okay. <laughs> well, I, you, you know, as a guy that, that sells your, your rubs as part of my business, I can't wait to get the, uh, the new stuff that you've got coming out. And, uh, folks, I'll tell you what, too, about David, with David, when he, when you buy the injection from him, he sends you the free injectors. So you can give that to your yeah. customers on the retail side. Is uh, It's nice when they get an injector, you just hand them, when they buy injection, you just hand them the injector. And, and as far as I know, Dave, you're the only company that does that. Of course, you're the only company I deal with. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot of, I don't know if there's it really, well, yeah, there is. I shouldn't say not in, but yeah, there's, there's other liquid injections out there, but um I don't know about ready to use right out of the bottle. There's mm -hmm. some that are, um, Jeff makes a real good one down there in Florida. Uh, his is a concentrate. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, then there's some out of Texas that's a grocery store driven. Um, it's been out on the market, but they're, it's basically Worcester and beef flavoring. Yeah. It's not a, yeah. Well, what, um, let's switch over to the competition side last year. Uh, at this time, you were hitting it pretty hard on the competition trail. I think, uh, I believe this year, last year, about this time, you were in the top five. I know for top 10 for sure in the KCBS standings. And uh, they, mm -hmm. you wrangled your way over to the uh, that little contest up in Lynchburg, and you uh, won that. Before <laughs> that, before that, you came in second place to uh, Darren at the American Royal. Uh, and then uh, that's a pretty good finish in a major. Uh, where, where are you heading this year? I noticed uh, I was looking at the, um, the rankings and, um, uh, I, I didn't see in the top 10, which, which doesn't, you know, doesn't matter to me. I'm sure it doesn't matter to you, but are you, are you changing your, um, uh, lifestyle around a little bit? I know you've got kids now or grandchildren and I know the restaurant out in, out there where you live is, is going big game. You're doing a lot of improvements to that. Yeah, right now we're in. There's a complete remodel of that going on. Um, but I personally don't have a lot to do with that. Levi's um, runs runs takes care of all that. But we pulled the reins in this year. We're just competing right here around Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do a few in Texas and a few right there in Kansas, but not not nothing what we normally do. We, we, last year was our slowest year we'd ever cooked, and I did 24 contests. 
that was the slowest I'd ever cook, least amount I should say. That's a lot of work. This year we <laughs> this year we we bought a big batch of property and uh, we opened up our own warehouse and we've taken a lot on with that. So you know I gotta I gotta take care of the business first and we'll go from there. Maybe next year we can get back out and hit a few more. But but right now um, just trying to I'm going other ventures other ways with this uh barbecue world and, mm-hmm. and so you know competitions not i can't say has taken a a back seat but it's not the the prime prime thing right now i've got to i've got to keep the get the new warehouse up to where i want it yeah and and then go from there yeah well i noticed david i noticed when you when you order products from you now you we receive them a lot quicker is that something that you've been Working on, or am I just special to you? <laughs> no, but that's exactly how we're how we've always wanted to handle our wholesale accounts. Um, and what we were doing, it wasn't getting done. That was part of the deciding factor. It wasn't the complete deciding factor, but that is a big part of why I've taken back over my my own shipping mm-hmm. to get it out quicker to the customer. Well, it's working, David. I'm telling you, it's working great. You noticed. The, uh, yeah. So when um, when will the new products be available that you're working on? It's I know it's hard to develop uh, products, do quality control. And uh, one thing I wanted to do, wanted to mention was the uh, the quality control at Butcher Barbecue is fantastic. When you get a shipment of uh, rubs in, it is it is the same from bottle to bottle to bottle, and uh, that's that's very important when you're when you're selling stuff like that because people. People, you know, it's funny, David. I've noticed when people come in the store, the the repeat buyers, they um, when they first come in, they sample a lot of things and they look at a lot of things. But when they come back in, they go right to the shelf and they buy almost the same thing every time. They may add a product to it, but they they go to their favorite product and they expect that taste to be the same, you know, no matter which bottle that they open, don't they? Oh, and I'm the same way. Yeah. I want it to be the same. Um, and, uh, I mean, gosh, I don't have to say doing that. Yeah, that's what I expect. So, so yeah, that's that's how I expect it from my vendors that I buy from. Yeah. Well, Dave, you've done a, a fantastic job. And, uh, as, as always, we appreciate you spending time with I us here. I appreciate you a bunch. I uh, see all the promotions you're doing out there. That is, that is great. You're building a great business along beside your – yeah, all the other stuff you got going, golly! Well, it's man. a lot of fun, and, uh, and it's fun you being a part of it. And what I like, again, I can't reiterate this enough: is, folks, if you're if you're of a retail place, or if you're thinking about it, you know, Butcher Barbecue, he's got everything. You don't have to go shopping. You don't have to go to different websites to buy. He makes it so easy. the the uh, the w- The website is easy to navigate because uh, you know, David. A lot of times you're we're busy at work, and we don't have you know, you don't have an hour to sit there and you know play what if and and point and click yeah. and stuff like that. You're you're, you know, like when you go to the shelves and you look at your product, you think, hey man, I need uh, I need some uh, grilling addiction, and uh, I need some honey rub, and man, you go to that website and I'm not kidding, it's you know under a minute you're in there, you're checked out, and it's on the way. And it's somebody, we we'll appreciate. Yeah, that. well, somebody that's doing that for a living like I am, it, that's important. And you've made it. Um, yeah, I know you have always, you've always are trying to get 
to put not only yourself as a wholesaler, but to put yourself in that store as the retailer and what that retailer needs from the wholesaler, not what the wholesaler needs from the retailer. And it's really starting to show in the shipping of your products, the quality of your products, and the selection in, in your products. Is well, just, thank you. It's second I to none. I think that comes from the years of being on the retail side when I was in the meat business. I, I, a few years back, I sat with the wife and I, and I'm like, I remember how these salespeople would come to me. And that's why I said, that's what I am right now. I've got to become that salesperson to my stores. How did they approach me? What did they have? What did I look at and go, man, you're joking, right? Uh, this is it. So no. I, I really would, I really have taken what I learned for the years of the retail. And I'm just trying to grow on that with the new age stuff with all the, the, the computers and the, the websites that are out there back then there wasn't even the internet. I mean, that sounds crazy, but there wasn't salesmen would come in, they'd have flyers, they'd put it down in front of you. Look, we're taking $4 off this case. We're taking $3 off of this case. Um, you need to buy 25 cases to get that price though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. But well, it's totally different now. Um, it's totally. Yeah. And, and before we go, I, I cannot believe you did not watch the first episode of The Butcher on History Channel after we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to tell you, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, I, I want to. And I think it's quite intriguing. Oh, David, it's, it not... would, it's right up your alley. I mean, as a 30 year, <laughs> a 30 year butcher, these uh, one of the one of the judges is a fellow from right up the street in Knoxville. He works at this place. uh I think it's called Blackberry Farms, and um, he's a uh, a butcher and a meat guy. He's one of the judges, and uh, man, what they had to do they had to they had to uh, split a hog open the other night using a uh, you probably know what this is a two handed hog splitter uh, two, is yeah. a two handed yeah. cleaver. Yeah, yep. and uh, oh man, it was uh, need to watch it. I'm sure I'm sure you've got cable out there in Channel Oklahoma with H with History Channel on demand. <laughs> yeah. It was on History. Is that what it was on? Yeah, it's on History Channel. It comes on Wednesdays okay. at 10 o'clock. Tune it in. I believe you'd get a real kick out of it, especially when they had to uh, butcher that alligator for the last one. Last. <laughs> <laughs> Did they eat just the tail? Uh, no, they butchered that thing, man. They had one gal. She was going after the jowl meat. She knew She knew her alligator. They were uh, They're real precise about wanting the, – they have to not only butcher it, they have to put the meat – on a box or on a on a like a big wooden plate, and uh, they had to fill this plate up with the different sections of meat, and it has to be presented nicely too. They just can't, you know, hack at it and throw it out there. They gotta, they got it's There's a little bit of presentation skills in it as well. You'll you'll like it. It's, it was a good show. It's yeah. it's well worth the uh, hour it takes to watch it. I assure you. Yeah, it does sound like it. I'll, I'll try to tune in tomorrow. Well, David, when we get really going in the uh, the Al's Nest Barbecue Supply uh, store, we're going to get you out to Ottawa for a personal appearance here in the not so distant future. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna yeah, do, like we're gonna it. do it out like right. It. All right, David David Bosca from Chandler, Oklahoma. We sure appreciate David joining us here on the Barbecue Central Show, and we're going to. We're going to do a read. We're going to talk about Southside Market and Barbecue. Business to consumer. Any attention to anybody who loves 
sausage and barbecue. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, established in 1882. It's been owned and operated by the same family for three generations, famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground in a natural pork casing, and the authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including our prime biscuits and briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide. Visit their store at southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked nationwide. Uh, and there's also, let's see, all the, uh, they're all they're all packaged and vacuum sealed to ensure freshness. That goes without saying. Uh, ship with dry ice, complete freshness. And uh, let's see. Oh, here it is. Get 10% off. This is what I want to tell you guys. 10% off all online orders when you use promo code Barbecue Central. Lowercase one word, BBQ Central to get 10% off all of your orders from the Southside Market and Barbecue down in Texas. Try it. Southsidemarket.com. I got some sausage. For Christmas from a friend of mine from this Southside Market. Fantastic. Just gotten into sausage. Wasn't a big sausage guy. And now, Southside Market down there. Stay with us. Coming up in the next hour is the embedded correspondence. We've got to wait, and we're gonna help a guy too here in the top of the second hour. We'll be right back. So stay with us here on the Barbecue Central Show.